get glory, power, honor, and strength. They're all God's. We give everything to God, and you know what? He does something amazing with it. Now, we've been looking at Elijah, and this is the last week that we're going to look at Elijah. I was even debating this morning of changing the whole sermon, really, and preaching something completely different. But I really feel that God has given us just something, just to round up the life of Elijah, just to look at him and just, uh, and then we'll move on next week to a different topic. But if we look at Elijah and look at how, how he lived his life, he lived his life listening to God's voice, listening to what God has to say, and teaching those around him how to do the same. And you see, we all have that ability. We all have that ability. That ability to hear the voice of God, as the verse I shared earlier, my sheep know my voice. If we're following Jesus, if we're following God, you can hear his voice today, you can hear his voice every day, and he'll guide you through each day. That's the beautiful thing about it. And you see, Elijah heard the voice of God, and he responded in faith. He didn't know that everything he said was going to come true, did he? No, but He responded in faith, no matter what was happening around him. He didn't let those distractions take hold. So he spoke a word, a prophetic word of drought, and said, it's not going to rain for three years, and it didn't. He spoke into the life, into the son of the widow. He pleaded for the life of the son of the widow after it passed away. He spoke correction to kings. He wasn't afraid to go to the highest in authority and say, You're not doing it right. You're not honoring God with what you're doing. He spoke to nations and brought them back to God. He gathered the people of Israel together in the mount, didn't he? And said, you're not honoring God. If Baal's real, worship him. If not, worship God. And who showed up? God showed up. See, Elijah was never afraid to do what God says. And we also know that he wasn't perfect. We also know that he made mistakes. We also know he ran away from God We also know that he listened to Jezebel's voice whenever she condemned him to death. And and then instead of running to God, he ran away. He got depressed. He wanted to be killed. He He was just like, God, take me now. But God restored him. God brought him back in. And you see, we see time and time again that whether things are good or bad, Elijah always ended up turning to God. He always came back to God's voice and listening to God's voice and following God's words. And that's how we are meant to live our life. We are meant to be expectant as we hear him. We're meant to say yes and amen to what he says to us. No matter what comes towards us, even when death knocks on our door, even when death surrounds us, even when um, everything else seems to be against us, even when everyone else seems to be against us, even when we're at odds with ourselves. That's when we turn to God. That's when we listen to God's voice and we respond with a yes to his words, not our own, not the voice of anybody else. See, as we know from a few weeks ago, Elijah gave Elisha to Elijah. He said, train him up. So he became a junior prophet. He became his Padawan learner, if you want to put it in Star Wars speech. That's what he did. He gave him the job to train him and teach him to listen to God as he does, to walk as he does. The same way Jesus had his disciples. Jesus had his 12 disciples, and the whole point was of Jesus and his disciples was Jesus brought them in. They were supposed to be able to do anything Jesus was able to do. That was the whole point of a rabbi teaching their disciples. 
See, are we willing to be like Jesus? Are we willing to be like Elijah? Are we willing to bring people under our wings and train them up in the ways of God, even if they don't even yet know God? We can still tell them about God. We can still share with them the story of Jesus. See, in Elijah, uh, Elijah, just before he goes to heaven, tests Elisha. In 2 Kings 2, that's what's happening. And it's just before Elijah's taken to heaven. So let's read a few verses together. 2 Kings 2, from verse 1. It says, When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to meet Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. See, Elijah was challenging Elisha to see if he had learned devotion, to see if he had learned the devotion that even though voices were coming at him, even the voice of his teacher, as he heard it, was coming at him, challenging him. He was questioning him about his devotion, saying, are you really devoted? See, Elijah told him, don't follow me. But Elisha was like, no, I'm not going to leave you. I've made a promise to God to come under your teaching. See, for some reason, it seemed to be common knowledge among all the prophets that Elijah was going to be taken that day. This was Elijah's last day on earth. So God must have told them all, or it must have been a prophecy or something telling them that Elijah was going to be taken in a powerful way. Because even the prophets followed them going, I want to see what's going to happen. See, Elisha didn't want to risk on missing out on any moment he could get with the person that God had given him to help him and train him. And can you blame him? See, no matter what, Elisha wants to stand by his mentor. And you see, we will get tested from time to time in our walk with God and time to time in our walk with Jesus. Our devotion to the message of Jesus will be challenged. And it is very challenging, especially through these lockdown times, whenever we're not with brothers and sisters and we're not actually physically with people. We can sometimes lose heart. We can sometimes be drained by the whole experience. You might even hear some voices coming at you that, oh, God didn't really say that or mean that, or why would God let all of this happen, or anything like that. 
See, whenever you hear a voice saying that God didn't really mean that, did he? It sort of reminds you of a story. If you go back to the very beginning, God didn't really say that. See, it reminds me of the Garden of Eden whenever Satan came to Eve and questioned the words of God. See, did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? It started with a question. It started with a doubt. And you're going to hear people, and you probably regularly do in your life, in your walk, questioning and doubting and trying to put that, that doubt in your mind. Okay, God said love your neighbor, but does that really mean you love your every neighbor? Does it really mean that you love everyone? Look at what they've done. They're not abiding by the lockdown rules, so how can I love them? I've heard that said by some people. <laughs> and that's sometimes how we think. That's how we, that's how we act. That's how we react. Sometimes we, even, we don't stand up for Jesus because we're even afraid what others think. We're afraid to share our message. We're afraid. And then sometimes we just allow us just to go with the motions and just do whatever. So sometimes somebody shares that they're ill, and instead of saying, right, let me pray for you, and then you'd pray for them right there and then, you come up with a nice platitude of, I'll be praying for you. And then half the time you forget to pray for them. You know what? Do we really want to step up and step into the calling God's given us as people of God? See, God says, be holy because I am holy. Are you holy? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do you acknowledge him? Do you listen to God's voice and let him direct your paths? Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do we? Or do we worry about all the things? See, how many of us have compromised something, even just in the last week? Compromised some of our beliefs, some of what we're meant to believe in, some of what we're meant to stand up of and celebrated something we shouldn't, or done something we shouldn't, said something we shouldn't, acted how we shouldn't. Is that really seeking God's kingdom first, if we do whatever, and just blend in with the culture around us, just do whatever everybody else is doing? Have we even celebrated part of Halloween? You know, it's one of the biggest celebration of demonic activity in the world, and it gives evil a foothold in people's lives. Have we celebrated any part of it? This is a challenge that we have got to face ourselves. If we're going to be holy, if we're going to be righteous, then we can't be acknowledging on one hand the, the, the things that, you know, oh, just anything's okay, we'll just do whatever, but then turn our back on God. See, if we go back to the story of Elisha, Elisha was given the option to leave. He was like, look, you know, you can go. You know, I'm going. You know, I'm going. So you can go. Go do your own thing. Go do whatever you want. But Elisha was like, no, I've made the promise to be with you. I've made the promise to stand. I've made the promise to be your apprentice, to be taught by you how to listen to God's voice. Even when he had the others coming saying, don't you know what's going to happen here? Don't you realize you're losing him? What are you still doing here? He's going. But Elisha said no. He wasn't going to be distracted by the voices around him. He wasn't going to be distracted by the people around him. He wanted to honor God with his devotion. Let's read on from verse 9 in 2 Kings 2. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. 
See, Elisha here was given the opportunity by Elijah just to say, look, what can I give you? And he could have asked for anything. He could have been very selfish. He could have asked for anything. But Elisha had seen who Elijah was. He had seen the calling on Elijah's life and said, no, I want double what you've got. Because imagine how much I can do for God with that. He asked for a double portion of God's spirit. What would our response be to that request? What would we think and what do we, well, what do we think of that request? Do we ever come to God saying, God, I really love that person. I wish I was twice, uh, I was connected with him twice as much. See, verse 10, Elijah says, You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. See, Elijah really gave him the only answer he could give. Elijah couldn't promise him his request. He couldn't say yes, because at the end of the day, he wasn't in charge of who God gave his spirit to, but he gave God the right to either acknowledge that request or not. He gave everything back to God. If you see me, it's a yes, and if you don't, it's a no. That's the simple terms. And it was the perfect opportunity for God to reveal himself to Elijah, or sorry, Elisha. See, Elijah was going. If he does bless Elisha with this request, then that means God will start speaking properly to him instead of just to Elijah. So what happened? As they were walking along, verse 11, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. And then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. See, God revealed to Elisha what he was doing. He had seen the chariots of fire arrive and take then Elijah up into the whirlwind, into heaven. See, Elijah didn't die. God took him to heaven. See, we can barely even begin to imagine it. You hear language like that, and it's so visual. It's so hard to begin to comprehend. See, Elisha seen it, and he knew that he was going to get what he had asked for. He had been given a double portion of God's Spirit. He took Elijah's mantle or his cloak that had fallen off him. And Elisha lifted it up and he knew that he was being imparted with what God had given him. Do we have anyone in our life that inspires us like that? Do you have anybody in your walk who encourages you and blesses you and just makes you want to, wow, I wish I could be more like them? This is what we're meant to do. We're meant to follow the leadings of God. And you see, whenever God then speaks to us the way God speaks to those around us, we're meant to honor God by following. See, this was a great question for Elisha to ask whenever he hit the water. He was asking, where is God? Where is this God? In other words, is he here? Is he present with me? Is he going to be able to do what he's done through Elijah, through me? 
That's in essence what he was asking was. He was trying to work out identity. He was trying to work out his identity. And in the same way we're meant to do that, we're meant to ask us similar questions. See, this call is given to us all. God asks us all to follow him. See, the God that has done all the things that he done through Elijah is here with us today. It's the same God. And not only that, it's the same God that done the mighty deeds through Jesus. And the same spirit that was in Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And he can do miracles. He can do mighty deeds. He can do the miraculous through you, if you're willing. See, I want to encourage you that that's what Jesus tells us to do. In John 16, it says this, from verse 23, Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I, language, but I tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father in your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered into the world and now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. See, that's why we boldly come in our prayers and ask for healing. That's why we just, if somebody says, oh, I'm ill, you're able just to go turn around and go, okay, let me pray for you. And you pray for them right there and then. If somebody comes up saying, I need a financial miracle in my life, I'm in so much debt and all that, you pray for them right then and there that God will do something. You bring them to God because what can we physically do? Very limited. If anything, it won't make any difference in their life. Even, well, it might make a small difference for a moment, but it won't make any lasting difference. So what do we do? We always bring people to God the Father in the same way Jesus did. What did Jesus say? I only do what I see the Father doing. And how did he see what the Father was doing? He lived in relationship with the Father. He lived listening to the voice of God the same way Elijah did, the same way Jesus does. And Jesus says, no, now you have the right to come to the Father because you come through me, because you listen to my commandments, because you listen to what I have said. It says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. It says this in chapter 15. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for, one friend, for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's why I said about honoring God earlier. That's why I said about walking with God earlier. That's why I said not compromising. It's not because I'm oh, oh, a holy person who's trying to be holy. No, I'm chasing after God and I wanna be in God's presence. I, wanna, I want to be holy. I don't want to be a holy Jew sort of type person, the way some people try and picture Christians to be. I want to be holy because I want to honor God. I want to be righteous because I want to live my life in right standing with God. I want to love each other as God has loved me. Do you want to love your neighbor the way God has loved you? Are you willing to lay down your life 
your commitments, your plans, your thoughts, your ideas, your dreams, your visions? Are you willing to lay all that down for your friends so that they can come to know God? Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's lives for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. If we love Jesus, we'll do what he asks. See, I could go on, but even at the end, I just want to share that Elijah lived his life listening and responding. See, are we going to succeed in our walk with God? Are we going to get to the end of our life and God be able to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant? Or will he go, well, you didn't acknowledge me there. You didn't acknowledge me there. You didn't follow my voice when I asked you to pray for that person. You didn't. Uh, do we want to challenge ourselves? That are we really following God's voice every day? See, if we love God's voice, then we'll follow his commands. If you love Jesus, and this is an uncomfortable message because it challenges the very core of who we are. Why do we do what we do? Why do we live how we live? Why do we react how we react? Why do we say the things we say? In Revelation, there's a point where it actually warns the church about being lukewarm. In other words, you follow some of the stuff, but you're not on fire for God. You're not really warm. And what happens to something that's lukewarm? It gets spat out of God's mouth. Do you want to be spat out of God's mouth because, it's, because you haven't lived your life in the right way? We end up being totally ineffective in a lukewarm state. But I want to encourage you. Allow God to set you on fire. Allow God to set you ablaze. And allow God to pass on to you from others who have been ahead of you in the journey. Allow them to pass on to you. Now, it doesn't even mean that they're older. It just might mean that they're, they've maybe developed in an aspect of God that you maybe haven't developed in yet. See, we all are different. We all have different gifts and abilities. So if you know somebody's got a gift of prayer, go to them, talk to them about prayer, talk to them about the passion that they have. If you know somebody's um, gifted in other ways, go to them and discuss it. Set each other on fire. Set each other ablaze. That's why we keep calling ourselves the family of God. Like, we're, we're a body. We're not, um, we're not just a bunch of individual things thrown together. We're a body that's meant to be knit together. We're a body that blesses each other. So whenever one part's weak, thankfully we all aren't eyes. Otherwise, all we could do is see, but we'd never hear, smell, taste, or do anything else. We'd never be able to go anywhere or do anything. Thankfully, we're all not ears, or all we do is hear, but we couldn't actually do anything to help. That's why we're the body of God. That's why we are Christians. Are we going to be like Elijah and stand for righteousness? Are we going to see the fire of God move in our lives? Are we going to see God work in us and through us? Are we willing to go through the desert places, the hard places, or are we going to stay on our own and isolate ourselves when things get hard? Are we going to go meet with God? Are we going to allow ourselves to go against the culture and against the grain to follow God's word? Are we going to see God's miraculous provision as we pray? Are we willing to fast and pray for things? Are we willing to go on this journey and wrestle with God? Are we willing to let God do miracles through us? Because if we never ask, we'll never get.
I really pray that this message will have hit a chord inside of you and just went, wow, I want to chase after God. I want to chase after the things of God. It's okay that we've made mistakes. It's okay that things don't go the way we planned. It's okay that when voices come against us, if anything, the more voices that are speaking out against us in our culture and in our land, we're probably getting closer to following God and God's plans. That's the beauty, beauty of this. When we're journeying with God and listening with the voice of God, it inspires us and it just allows us to live our lives free. Because where the Spirit of God is, there's freedom. Freedom from the rules, freedom from everything that's tried to be forced onto us. Now, I don't mean the rules in a lockdown sort of way, because obviously we do these things to protect ourselves and our congregation and our neighbors and our friends. But I mean the rules of like, this is how you should act. And this is the beliefs you should have. This is what you should say. This is what you shouldn't say. No, we honor God with our voice and our lives. I just want to encourage you, never step back from the call of God in your life. Never step back from the message that God has placed in you to share with those around you. God has placed the message of hope in you and the world out there is literally dying and needs to hear it. And if you don't share, how can your neighbors know? How can their friends know? How can your family know if you don't share with them the love of God? If you don't share with them the teachings of Jesus? If you don't allow them to be in the discipleship journey? That's why I'm excited about the Alpha Course, because it's an opportunity just to share the truth about the message of Jesus. This is what Jesus says. This is who Jesus called you to be. So I want you all to be encouraged. I want you all to be walking out of here going, wow, God's called me. God's given me a purpose and a reason to share his love. And in all my ways, acknowledge him and he will direct my paths. So God bless you all this morning. Walk in the fire of his love. And ultimately, in heavenly armory, we will enter the land. We'll enter into the land around us because the battle belongs to God. And we have the victory because in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, demons flee. In the name of Jesus, sickness flees. In the name of Jesus, miraculous things happen. Even, the, even Islam acknowledges that in the na- whenever you pray in the name of Jesus, people get healed. They acknowledge Jesus as a healing prophet. They don't acknowledge his, the full sonship of God, but they acknowledge that there was something special about Jesus. And that's a starting point. But let's just pray that people see Jesus for who he really is. And may we be a reflection of who Jesus really is. Why? Because just like Jesus, we listen to the Father's voice and we do what God commands. So God bless you all this morning. Let's just pray together. God, we thank you that just like Elisha, we will have challenges in life. Just like Elisha, we will be challenged to our devotion to you, to the message, to the hope that you have placed in us. So God, give us the strength to stand. Whenever we feel weak, give us the strength to stand. Whenever we feel like uh, we want to quick out, give us the strength to stand. Whenever we feel like culture is coming against us, give us the strength to stand. Whenever we feel powerless, Give us the strength to stand. We know that you give us your heavenly armor. We know that you give us everything we need so that we can stand. You give us the breastplate of righteousness. You give us the belt of truth. You give us the shoes that are the gospel of peace. You give us the helmet of salvation. You give us uh, the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. 
which is the word of God. God, we thank you that you give us all that we need. So God, just allow your fire to set us on fire. Allow your spirit to come and dwell inside of us, to live inside of us. Allow us to hear your voice plainly. Allow us to live holy lives and be righteous and follow you and follow your commands. Allow us to pray for people in your name and see them healed and see miracles done in their lives, to see our area transformed for you, to see this land and even beyond transformed for you because we acknowledge your voice and we respond with a yes and an amen to all you've planned. God, we're sorry for when we get it wrong. We're sorry for the mistakes that we make. We come to you and we ask forgiveness right now for the mistakes we've made, for when we haven't listened to your voice, when we haven't responded, for when we've even turned our back on you and followed any other voice. So God, we just say thank you. Thank you for that forgiveness. We accept that forgiveness now in Jesus' name. Allow us to walk in your spirit, to walk in the light, In Jesus' beautiful name, amen, amen. God bless you all.